Welcome, foolish mortals. <laughs> Jay here, host of the most listened to, the most talked about, and the most ghoulish podcast that I've ever made. With me, as always, is my stalwart companion, defender of the nerd faith, Lord Commander of the Nerds Watch, and the dark nerd detective of the occult, Sir Christopher. It's October, and that can only mean one thing. Ooh, ooh, pumpkin spice lattes. Well, yes, they are delicious, but that's not what I was referring to, so, uh, okay, I guess it can mean two things. Oh, uh, midterm elections right around the corner. Also true, but not what I was thinking of. Get out and vote, by the way. Uh, the crisp smell of fallen leaves and apple cider. Okay, stop guessing. Okay. Right, so it's October, and I guess that can mean several things, but with respect to this specific broadcast, it means that it's time for our annual spooktacular Halloween special. We're taking a slight detour from our 2018 International Adventure Tour to record from the actual haunted mansion that inspired the beloved ride at Disney World. And the 2003 film with comedy genius Eddie Murphy. We don't talk about that. Oh. The mansion was reportedly built over top of two Indian burial grounds, a pet cemetery, and a blockbuster video, and is reported to be haunted by 999 ghosts. And I have to say, it's not hard to believe. This place is creepy. Absolutely, Jay. Except for those goofy tombstones out front. Goofy tombstones? What What goofy tombstones? You know, the ones with the gag names on them. Willie Stroker, Scene Hooker, Alexander Dumbass. Uh, buddy, I, I think those may actually be real names. I, in fact, I'm sure the last two are pronounced Sean Hooker and Alexander Dumont. <laughs> sure, Alexander Dumont, because that makes a lot more sense. Okay, well, tell you what. If you meet up with the ghost of one of them, you can just ask him. Buddy, no, no, no. Do do not joke like that. The spirits of this house said to be very, very temperamental. I'll prove it to you. Just follow me outside. I'll show you. What's wrong? The door won't open. It won't budge. We're trapped. Let me see that. Okay, no need to panic. I'm sure there's a logical explanation. It's raining outside. Sometimes the moisture gets into these old wooden doors, and they expand. That's all. Or you pissed off the ghosts when you mispronounced their names. We're trapped in a house with 999 unfortunately named yet vengeful spirits. I'm telling you, it is Dumont. And I'm sure there's a very logical explanation for what is going on. What was that? Uh, probably just the house settling. Or the wind outside. And that? Um, more wind. But just to be on the safe side, let's grab these conveniently placed candelabras and try to find a way out. Ah! Chris, where are you? I don't know. It looks like I'm in another room. I think when you picked up the candle thing, you triggered some type of secret passage. Get me out of here and put... The candle back! Okie doke! Hmm. Still trapped, huh, buddy? Alright. I think I've figured it out now. This fake wall is on a swivel. Put the candle back, and I'll block the wall with my body. Are you sure that's a good idea? Put the candle back! Buddy! Are you okay? 
That looks painful. Now listen to me very carefully. Don't put the candle back. With all your might, shove the other side of the wall. Is that perfectly clear? No problem. Oh, good job, buddy. Buddy? Put the candle back. <laughs> My turn. Hang on to your crystal balls, gang, because you are just in time for the third annual Halloween spooktacular adventure with the Just Us Nerds podcast. In a world where two nerds come together to talk about all things nerdy, Just Us Nerds podcast was born. We talk about comics, movies, and all things in between. Get ready to have your mind blown by the most amazing podcast ever recorded anywhere, ever. The Just Us Nerds Podcast. Aw, yeah. Ah, whew. Thank you. All right, so, uh, we gotta get the hell out of here, but, uh, in the meantime, while we're kind of finding our way out, do you want to talk about comics? Yeah. Oh, cool. So what you been reading? Well, um, so... I think we got to talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah. Uh, and that would be Batman number 50. So, uh, DC, uh, you, all right, you got me. You, you, you got us. You, you suckered us in. Yep. And then you. You even put out invitations. You put out invitations. You know, you bought. You, I bought you. I bought the china. You know, I bought you the new china. I bought. Uh, Chris bought you a, a toaster. It was a saucer, actually. There yeah. was a saucer, too. Of and, milk. and then you shat on our hearts. You yeah. just and of course I'm I'm referring to, uh, you know by now it, it shouldn't be a spoiler if you've already you know you should have read it by now. Uh, Batman Fifty. This was the much anticipated wedding between Batman and Catwoman. Wop Sons of bitches. Yeah, you just you completely took a dump on our hearts, man. What? Why? You know what's the worst part? I told you about this, right? What well, the the fans? So that... well, no. So the ending came out, right? Okay. And everybody yeah. spoiled the ending. Right. Right. I haven't read it. You still haven't read it? No, I, I, I can't bring myself to reading it because I know it's such a letdown. Oh man, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's really sad. And I'm going to read it. I just, I don't want to slip my wrists afterwards. So, uh, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> what? Hey, easy. Um, so just to, just to kind of give a summary for those not in the know or those don't who don't care aren't going to read it. Uh, DC had been kind of pumping up this whole storyline with. Bruce and Selena, uh, aka Batwoman, uh, Batwoman. Oh my Batwoman. god! Oh, there's a different story. They, yeah. Batman and Catwoman getting married, you know, getting engaged and, and getting married, and so you know, after after so much hype, uh, it basically doesn't happen. Selena leaves Bruce at the altar, uh, apparently as part of the machinations of Bane. So like, Bane knows that. Uh, uh, that Batman I is know Bruce you Wayne. Spent all this money on the flowers, <laughs> but you are now not going to get married. You're going to have to pay the DJ and eat all of those crab cakes by yourself <laughs> in your cave. 
in silence. <laughs> that's maybe that's his goal. He wants to get Batman like fifty pounds fatter, so now he's got to eat he all the food. He won't be able to fight crime. So now he can't fight. So it's like at this point, I gotta wonder: Is there anyone in Gotham who doesn't know that Batman is Bruce Wayne? Because he like makes this announcement, like when when like the double agent goes and reports to to Bane. Right, it's like Bane's there, and he's like sitting with like Riddler and like a whole bunch of other Arkham right. dudes. So it's like the Rogue. Who like who doesn't know that Batman is Bruce Wayne now? And so Joker, because it, I don't think he cares. He just yeah, he doesn't care. He he knows, but he doesn't want to know. Yeah. I think that's yeah. that's the thing. But it's, he's the kid who knows where the Christmas presents are, but he doesn't want to find them. Exactly, exactly. And so I I I don't know. I got to call foul on DC for this. This is really not. This isn't. This was not cool. You know, and it's funny, now, we're talking about Batman here. Did you hear about the most recent um, change that they've done with a member of the Bat family? No. No, what? Okay. So, uh, he is no longer known as Dick Grayson. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not going oh, to What, is he just that. Richard Grayson? No. It's Rick. Penis Grayson? It is Rick oh. Grayson, but it's R-I-C. What the fuck? What? 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 Yeah. what, what, what yeah. Where? Why? I don't know why? why. I don't know why they've done it. I was just reading it actually on a on a um one of one of my comic book sites, and they were saying that they they DC is changing it. Hey, I'm calling Rick. bullshit. I'm looking that up right ahead, now. Look I don't. It up. No, no. Look man. it up. So anyway, um, but yeah, it was uh, like I said. I just I I could not. I I want to read it. I really did, but unfortunately, somebody spoiled it for me. And I was yeah. It's like, called the news media. They 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 spoiled they spoiled it for everyone because they released it because because that fan uh, I, I guess you know threatened to kill the writer over this. Way to go, douchebag! Thanks. Not only are you oh, that's a, right, and we ruined it on the show. Yeah, are, are you a sociopath? But you ruined it for for everyone else because you know USA Today and all these other publications that normally don't give a shit about comic books spoiled the ending. So thanks a lot, asshole. Um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know why. I don't like it. I don't like it. Do you like it uh, out there in podcast land? Uh, I, I'd, I be kinda, like I, I'd be kind of curious uh, to to hear what you think. Uh, I, I'm, I am seriously looking that up because I, I I'm looking am, it up right now. Keep going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. Um, that that's kind of the, the the deal with Batman Fifty. I was disappointed. I was I was excited because I, I was hoping that they might take the the character in a new direction. Uh, certainly, you know. It, it makes the character of Batman more complex if you add a family element to that. Even even right. if he didn't, I mean, he already's got has a kid. He already has a son. I'm not calling her mom. I know, right? I mean, he already has a son. Would it have really been that big of a stretch to marry him? I I don't I don't know. I mean, DC writers, with all due respect, uh, I I don't understand why you did this. It it just it feels like. Uh, a, a, like a cash grab. Uh, oh, come on! That's exactly what it was. Yeah, it it just you know, I, as a as a reader, uh, I'm I'm a little offended. So, um, anyhow, IGN, here you go. All right, let's hear it. All right, straight off the presses. This was October 19th, actually. Oh, okay. So, All right. Nightwing has a new secret identity after recovering from a recent trauma. Uh huh. Okay. Ahead by KG Beast. The attack didn't kill him, but it left him with a major brain trauma and caused a case of bad amnesia. Oh, my God. At this point, Nightwing has no memory of his life as a superhero uh, or loved ones like Bruce Wayne, Alfred, Barbara. Uh, He's doing his best to leave his old life as Dick Grayson behind, returning to Bloodhaven and taking up a new career as a taxi driver. Okay. Shades of Moon Knight. Okay. 
And as Nightwing 51 reveals, he even has a new identity. Rick Grayson. R-I-C. Dork. <laughs> you um, know what this is? This is Born Identity. Yeah. This is the Born Identity with, with, uh, with Robin, yeah, so, basically. But here's the thing, though. So whether uh, intentionally or not, the series seems to be mirroring the events of the new live-action Titan streaming show... In both cases, Dick has pulled away from Bruce and Alfred and set out on his own path, which is actually every Nightwing story, but yeah, that's yeah. fine. Um, he needs to pull away further, though. Though, obviously, the reasons are very different, and when it comes to the story, uh, it's clear that Alfred isn't taking the death, it's literally in quotes, of Dick Grayson and the rise of Rick Grayson very well. You know, I, I, I can't help but think he could have done a little better job uh, choosing a, a new pseudonym. Todd. It's like... No, uh, you're not uh, Chris anymore. You're Hiss. To- yeah. Topher. That's better. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Topher, yeah. And Topher. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Sure. So why, there's that. Why, why not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. I, so I, I have a feeling what's going to happen is they're going to be the nerd uprise, and then I'm like, his amnesia's gone. <laughs> Put it back the way it was. <laughs> Stop screwing with it. But anyway, so... Well, thank you. You just dropped a little knowledge bomb on me there because I, I, I wasn't aware of that. Go. So, all right, let's get into what you're reading. Um, yeah. So we, this is good. Yeah, we, we both read this. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, issue seven. So I think, to date, the most recent issue of Doomsday I Clock. So. I think so. So this is uh, issue seven, Doomsday Clock. Man, written, Jeff Johns, man. Yeah, yeah, written by the very talented Jeff Johns, illustrated by the equally talented in his own right, uh, Gary Frank. Uh, you can pick this up at your local comic book store or on uh, Comixology. You know what I would like to say real quick about this, though? Yeah, yeah. Gary Frank has done such a good job of bringing both of those worlds together. And when he draws, like, it looks like it's a Watchmen comic. He manages to capture, yeah, yeah. some of the, I don't know, like the, the, I, I know what you're talking about. The colors that he uses and stuff, I just, I, I The just, renditions of the characters, yeah, for yeah. and his art style is very different from... Uh, Dave Gibbons, mm-hmm. but still, yeah, I, I know what you mean. There's yeah. something that evokes it, def- certainly. It's very comforting. Like, when I'm reading it, I find I find it like, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of like something I've read before. Well, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get into that in a minute. But, y- yes, you can you can find this at your local comic shop retailing for about $4.99. It's a, it's a little more on the pricey side because there's, well, you're, you're getting more for it. Bring um, money. Yeah, bring bring money. Bring money. Um, So, just to kind of give a quick plot synopsis, Osmandius Rorschach uh, and and Co and Company. See, it's funny. It's not how I've always pronounced it. How do you pronounce it? Ozamandeus. Ozamandeus. Yeah. Tomato. Tomato. Yeah. Yeah. Tomato. Potato. Yeah. Um. Nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So so basically, uh, Osmandius Rorschach and Company catch up with Doctor Manhattan using his trusty divining cat, which I love. Yes, you read that correctly. He's he's using his cat as sort of a lightning rod. New cat. His new cat, because his original cat died in the uh, experiment, so he had like even he's a dick to his friends. He's a dick to his pets. He's just he's just an asshole. He, I d- is he, he a dick he's or a, he's an asshole? He's both. He's both. He's a dasshole. Ooh, yeah. Um, so so that happens. Um, Rorschach learns some hard truths about the the original Rorschach. So I don't I don't want to give well, too much I, away. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, I mean, and also kind of his. Uh, Relationship with his father too, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. So, hard, hard truths about his father. Away, hard, hard, hard truths about Rorschach. You guys need to read this. Uh, yeah, and, and so this has been sort of a this has been the year spanning event now that began way back in DC Rebirth. Uh, 
number zero mm-hmm. when uh, Batman first plucked that uh, comedian smiley face pin out of the out of the cave. So we're we're we are uh, so to speak balls deep in this uh, <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> in, in, well, that's not this. even phrasing. That's, that's not even phrasing. That that's just, just just me being that's filthy. Just up in it. That's just up in it. Um. So what what do I like about this? Uh, you want me to go first, or do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah go uh, ahead. Okay. So um. So. There, are, there's some good moments. There's some, there's, there's a really nice moment in here between Vite and uh, uh, Adrian Vite, uh, Osmandius, and uh, Reggie, the, uh, the, the new Rorschach. The new Rorschach. Yeah, uh, whereby Vite, you know, kind of tells Reggie uh, that I'm, I'm going to do this in my best kind of Adrian Vite voice, mm. so you can be the judge mm. that um, you see only what you want to see. See, for me, I've always pictured him kind of like David Bowie. Oh yeah. You say only what no, you want it, but, but to see. Kind of, but I, like, I'm basing that off of the, the the Watchmen movie where he was made. Yeah, he was made German, but yeah. he he basically just tells Reggie like, oh, oh, poor Reggie, you you only see what you want to see. See, I like that. Um, you like that? It's a little more yeah, understated. It's better, it's little, little, it's German, but it's a little more understated. Yeah. Um, which is you know it's clever it's, given it's that the German trying to hide in Spanish or South America. So keep going. That's right. <laughs> Um, you know, it's clever given that Reggie calls himself Rorschach, and yeah. Rorschach is a psychological test where people, you know, they're shown ink blots mm-hmm. and then asked to describe what what they see. There's and this his dad was the what was the psychologist was the psychologist who, who had the ink blots. He used the ink blots on the original. Yeah. Uh, he administered the original uh, Rorschach, Walter Koufax, and and uh, you know, without going into spoiler territory too much, Reggie just learns some some harsh truths yeah. about the nature. Of his father, the nature of his father's relationship to the original Rorschach, uh, and just get some, you know, some pretty painful realizations. And so I, I, th- I thought that was just an interesting exchange where the idea that as you know, he he calls himself Rorschach, and just like a Rorschach, he he sees the world the way that that he wants to right. to see it. And we also get some reveals you know, too about Osmandius. What's kind of crazy with that too? Maybe it's the mask. Like elaborate. Well, okay, because. Because Koufax kind of saw the world the way that he kind of saw it. Absolutely, so yeah. What if it's the mask that's kind of influenced? What if there's something to that? Something mystical? Something Seriously? magical? Well, seriously. It's what? like the the, uh, like the Loki mask yeah. from The Mask? That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, you know, you become like a condescending dick. You, know? <laughs> you put it on, the world is shit. You and take then, it off, hey, hey, how's it going, everybody? These, these are like, you know, not rose-colored glasses. They're like the opposite. These are, you know, the black... Tinted Ray Bans, I guess. Well, we'll have to we'll have to see because by the end of, at the end of this issue, he he kind of does a an about face. Reggie yeah. does about kind of an about face on the whole idea of, of being Rorschach. So I'm curious to see what I'm really curious now to see what they're going to do with that character. Do you think now? This is my other thing too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. It's like when I when I read. You know, of course, we all have the voices in our head when we're reading. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have voices in my head. Shut up. Exactly. So, but what I'm saying though is, is, do you think he talks like Koufax used to talk, or do you think he talks in his own way? I see the way that when I read the comic, book, I hear Koufax. I hear, yeah, I hear he he reads it with the same type of prosody and and kind of that grumbling sort of monosyllabism as ate some beans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't mind, you know. Uh, that yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I imagine okay. it. Um, of course, other positive things to talk about. Gary Frank's artwork yeah. is amazing. Um, Which yeah, we've heard the cover art with uh, on the with the blue moth 
kind of the Manhattan, basically drawn to the, dr- drawn to the Green Lantern, I love sort of that. representative yeah. of the all the, the covers DC have universe. Been really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. like the one before that with the puppets. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, let's talk yeah. about that cover though, in reference to what it what well, it kind of goes. We, through. we kind of we find out we find out a bit about what drew Manhattan to the DC universe. Yeah. So that that's a great metaphor of just sort of a moth drawn drawn to a bright a bright light. Yeah. Basically the bright the, light. The DC universe is sort of the bright light. And so there's there's uh some bright light bright light bright light, bright light. <laughs> Macro. Um yeah it's it's a great metaphor. Um I, we'll go a little bit into into spoiler territory when Fast when we forward. when we talk about the the, the bad. So we'll get yeah. to the bad in a minute. Just um, well, this two, part two, you might want to fast forward. Two other, yeah, you think so? Well, it is kind of spoilerish, but right. uh, we're going to bring it up anyway. All right, so go, go ahead. Yeah, you've been warned. You've been warned. Okay. okay. What, what was the spoiler? So we learned that Doctor Manhattan indirectly killed Alan Scott. So of course, Alan Scott was the first and original Green Lantern. Right. But this was right. before Alan Scott got the ring. So the, no, it was actually the the the, the, lantern. Uh, the lantern. Yeah. So he, he hadn't he, gotten the lantern. Little little uh so trivia about Alan Scott, he was on a train. Right. And it was clutching to the the Green Lantern, yes. the, the train lantern that yes. saves his life. Yep. And so the train crashes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's what saved his life. Right. Um but the thing is, is uh, so this is kind so of Manhattan an interf- of the history. He, he interferes with that event. So, um, great Scott Marty, Manhattan went back in time and he altered that event, altering, resulting in this alternate 1985. I'm sorry. So I... wait. So, I all right. I I've got a PC thing here that already I'm looking at. I'm like, oh, right. okay. So now they've killed Alan Scott. Yes. Alan Scott is now gay. No. No, no, no. Um, yes. The, yeah, yes, yes, yes. No, no. The Alan Scott of Earth Two, but this is this is the Alan Scott of Earth One. Oh, they're yeah. all gay. Yeah. See, <laughs> well, it's fine. I mean, uh, no, but my I think it's a good thing. I'm you just can waiting them like, sure, you had to kill the gay character. Well, kill off a gay character, kill off a straight character. I mean, that's equal opportunity. That's no, I agree. that's what it's kind of all about, now, right? You know what's funny too is like, Alan Scott as as Green Lantern was always one of my favorites because the only thing that was green mm-hmm. was the lantern on his chest. I know, yeah. His mask is purple, his cape is purple, his shirt is red, red. his pants are purple. Yeah, yeah. You know, but still one of my favorites, though. I always right. thought it was kind of cool. However, his lantern showed the weakness to... Uh, wood. Wood. Yeah. So basically organic objects. So if you yeah. slung mud and hit him in the face, he couldn't... That's he couldn't it, he's done. It. He's done. You can take him out. You can beat him with a baseball bat. Well, uh, in, in a way, I'll, I'll, I'll argue that... that can maybe make him a bit of a more interesting character when you overpower a character yeah, too much. Yeah. Th- then where's the where's the challenge? So right. Uh, but but so yeah, we get this reveal. Manhattan indirectly uh, he alters but, he alters the past. But who ends up getting the lantern? Um. Well, I mean, by the end of the book, Osmandius has it. Well. Oh no no no! Excuse me, Mime and Marionette. M- Mime and but Marionette. But who had it before up. them? Who was holding on to it? Uh, who was holding on to it? It's the old man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny Thunder. Yeah, Johnny Thunder's yeah. like clutching it. He's uh, like, "This yeah. is my genie." Poor. Jo- this poor, is my genie. Poor Johnny Thunder. You yeah. Know? Poor guy. Uh, so so yeah, that's so we learned something. You know, we learn a little bit more about the mystery. 
Um, as I said, I've, I'm enjoying the the artwork of Gary Frank, and uh, the, the, you get some great fan service moments, like I, I, you know, that moment where Rorschach is giving a beat down to the Joker, and the Joker, he's the one person, kind of like you know, in the same Batman Joker relationship. Whereas normally Rorschach would terrify uh, everybody else. else, the Joker just just laughs he and loves him. It lo- loves it, yeah, loves loves the violence. And there's a little moment on there where he draws a. The Joker draws Smile. a little smiley face yeah. on the Rorschach mask in his own blood, and yeah. I thought that was a nice little touch. Well, didn't he also do it to the button? I don't know if he did it to the button. He's wearing the button. He's wearing the button, He's wearing... and it's already got like this little he... like blood on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's. Let, did you want to add anything to the good? No, no, Whatever no. no. Like I, I think we've covered that. Let's 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 do the bad. Now I'll be honest with you. With the bad though, yeah, it's not really that much for me, honestly. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, you and I may differ a little on. This. I find this story very interesting for me. I, I it reads really well. It looks really nice. I I find it really interesting. So, but you go ahead. I well, I just think you know, with all due respect, Mister Mister Jeff Johns, uh, you, you're pushing your luck. You're pushing your luck with me a bit. The, the The past two issues, okay, have felt a little like filler. I can kind of agree with you here. They are kind of dragging. They're they're dragging a bit. The pacing is is a little slow, and we're just being given new information in dribs and drabs. And while yeah, it's a significant reveal that that Doctor Manhattan played a role in the death of Alan Scott. We're really not told much about why he came to the DC universe but in the no, first place. But in all honesty, too, you know. It's not kind of the first time. I don't know if you remember um, New Frontier. Hal Jordan, right, gets blown up before he's the Green Lantern. So it's kind of the same thing. No, n- not in New Frontier. Yeah, New Frontier. You he, think he's d- the Darwin the, Cook New Frontier? Gets- he's in the ship and he goes to fight whatever it is. They give him the spaceship. Do you remember? And he gets in the spaceship and he goes and he ends up dying. Like that. I think you're thinking of no, uh, no, no, gods right. and monsters. I, I am. I think you're thinking of I gods am. and monsters. But anyway, but still. Okay. Okay, but yeah, I, I just, we're, we're not really, well, but th- that's a pretty significant event. Well, Doctor here's Manh- the thing Hatton. for me, though. Yeah. What did Alan Scott have to do with anything? That's another thing. Well, I know? think we're going to find that out. I think it's one of those situations where, kind of like the nail, you know, remember that story, yeah, the nail, yeah. uh, for want of a nail, there could be no shoe for want of a shoe, and, and so on and so forth. We get a line in there about how, you know, Dr. Manhattan, he says, I was hoping I could find a place among the DC, you know, not, he doesn't say specifically say among it, the DC Universe superheroes, but. I like the way he talks. I, uh, I was hoping that I could find a place among them. That, to me, just kind of goes against the previous characterizations of, of Dr. Manhattan. Because he wants nothing to do with anybody. Not really with humanity. No, this is a godlike being. So it, it, that, that just kind of. So I didn't well, like that. The only thing that I could see with that that I agree with, though, is DC has more people who are God-like. Maybe he looked at them as kind of like, okay, well, these guys are kind of like me. Could be more like my peers. I mean, may- maybe, uh, but the idea of that Dr. Manhattan is lonely and is just looking for a group of super friends. My father it, was a watchmaker. It, <laughs> it, you sound actually a little more like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> it is the Halloween show. My father was a watchmaker, and I ate him with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. And my watch was <laughs> wonderful. I ate his watch also. <laughs> it was very crunchy. Yeah, uh, I, I just, you know, I, I think also another problem I have with this, this and really the series, and while I, I am enjoying it, but I have mixed feelings about it, is one of the strengths of Watchmen, right, is that it was a standalone story. 
and that new readers could enjoy it without prior knowledge of any of the pre-existing continuity, right? You could jump right in oh, yeah. to Watchmen and enjoy it without knowing anything. Because you learn about these new heroes. You right. You learn about what's going on. Yeah. This story, on the other hand, Doomsday Clock, it, it makes several references to both Watchmen and DCU history, so much so that I could see it being very difficult for a new reader to know what's going on. The whole Alan Scott bit where... You know, the, you wouldn't even know who Alan Scott you is. You wouldn't even know. I mean, I needed to Wikipedia the bit about him being on the train. See, I and, knew that because and, I'm a Green Lantern and, fan. And but. the significance. So, so it's just I think that's that's a, a gripe I have with it. And so for me, this story is starting to feel like the comic book equivalent of like a a great cover. You know, a cover of a great song. You know how you were saying like you look at the pictures and it's like it it comforts you because yeah. it feels like yeah. ah I've seen this before. Right. Right. Um, I see what you're saying. It's beginning to feel like just a like a good cover band. So it sounds to me that you're not really kind of liking. This. I no no I I I am of I I I have mixed you're feelings. You're lukewarm. Then. I, I have mixed feelings. Yeah, I'm I'm lukewarm. I have mixed. There's definitely things I enjoy. It's not a solid A for me, Chris. Okay. That's all. What would you give it then? Uh you know I I I kind of want to reserve judgment until I see how this thing unfolds. So I would. Give, what do you think? You think it's going to be a giant fart sandwich or what? I hope not. I mean, I'm hoping they they managed to. Jeff Johns is a talented writer, so I'm not going to count him out by any means. Uh, I'm just, um, if I had a suggestion, pick up the pace a little, sir, and um, let's do a little less inside baseball. Meaning, let's let's have not let's not need so many, uh, have so many references to things you have to have prior knowledge of, right, In order right. to enjoy the story, right. Uh, you know, show, show, don't don't tell. Right. Yeah. That, that came out right, right? Yeah. 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 Um, don't talk about it. Do it. So, yeah, exactly. Just do it. A little less talk and a little bit, you little, know. Yeah. A little, little less this, a yeah. little more this. Yeah. All right. I don't know what I'm talking I've, I've completely lost focus now. I know now. what you're saying. Is there anything else you want to talk about, uh, no, about this good, book? No, I'm good, man. Let's All move right. on. All right. So uh, next book is, uh, have you read this, by the way, the, the Man of Steel issue one? That I have not. The All only right. thing that I knew about is he got his underwear back. He got his undies back, man. That's right. So... Very nice. Hey, whatever, uh, right? So this is um, Brian Michael Bendis's debut uh, with the Man of Steel. So longtime scribe for Marvel. This is this is him cutting his teeth now with uh, Superman. Now you have this on Comicsology, right? I do, I do. So you can you can check it out. Um, well, just you. I mean, I mean, everyone. I'm sorry, Chris. You can check it out for free because you're on my Comicsology. But everyone else, you are going to have to pay for it, uh, or find it at your local comic book store, retailing at about three ninety nine. Uh, the artwork in this book uh, for issue number one by the uh, very talented uh, Jay Fabok and Ivan Rice. Good try. Hope I hope I pronounce those correctly. Um, so little, you know, quick little plot summary. We are introduced to Rogal Czar. Okay, so this is an alien yeah. with uh, with a grudge against Kryptonians, uh, and the story kind of moves <laughs> between past and present. Why don't you like them? Because they look at me weird. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> they they're very rude. Very rude they're people. Ru we went out to eat one time for dinner, and I had a salad, and they all had uh, the steak, and they they suggested we split the check equal ways, and there was one of me and like five of them. Very rude. Um, so we're introduced to them, and meanwhile, in the in the present, uh, uh Superman is having to deal with an arsonist who is stalking Metropolis. Uh, in addition, we, we we find we're introduced to the beginnings of a mystery. Something has happened to Lois Lane and uh, Jonathan. 
uh, and we don't know exactly what it is yet. But whatever it is, is it's, it DC getting rid of them? Well, no, see, I I haven't read ahead yet. But whatever it is, it's not so bad that Superman is. So they're alive. And wherever it is that they are, they must be safe because Superman doesn't seem very worried about him. But it's uh, wherever they are. W- what you think? You got an idea? Mm-hmm. Where Where do you think they are? Who do you think's got them? And it isn't Lex Luthor. Well, I don't think anyone's got them. I think someone does. Well, I don't see. He doesn't look worried. But go ahead. Okay. What's your fan theory? Be honest. Yeah. Who Who's the one villain that he has that he kind of doesn't take serious? Uh oh. You think uh Mixel Mixel Plix that that guy the yes. little the little dude with the the hat Mixix Picklet Mixix Picklet yeah yeah that's what I honestly I mean maybe he put him in a you know I- interesting theory because uh, they just had a big run with him do you remember and that's the reason why I'm thinking it's not him mm. but but yeah we'll see this is a weekly book by the way so oh. I, I haven't read ahead so uh, there's several issues out so you're probably if you're listening to this out there in podcast land you may be you know light years ahead of me on this but. Um, let, let's get into the good and the bad of this. Uh, so yes, it, it's a Bendis book, uh, which means it's a very talky book, which is not necessarily a bad thing. One of those talkies. One of those talkies. Same. Yeah. Um, lots of, uh, lots of, uh, thought boxes, <laughs> ah. L- lots of thought boxes, which is that. Do I have the Doritos or do I have the Frito-Lays? Did I leave the iron on? Oh, <laughs> Where are my keys? Where are my pants? Yes. <laughs> so look, I have underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a bad thing. Uh, I I really have enjoyed uh, Brian Michael Bennis's work, uh, and he it, it's kind of his style to get inside the head of your your characters. Right. And and this is actually done very well. Uh, he does a a nice job of kind of conveying Superman's power set, uh, in kind of a a very thoughtful way. Like, uh, you see. You know, Superman having to screen out kind of irrelevant sounds. Right. Like you see him, and it's a wonder that Superman doesn't have ADD from the way that he kind of has all of the stimuli constantly bombarding him. There's a moment of dialogue where he's talking about, oh, I, you know, I I hear this girl and she's kind of writing, uh, writing a song and it sounds really pretty. And I I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but I was listening for. See that right there, I like. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the Boy Scout. I didn't mean to eavesdrop. But yeah, yeah. No, he he definitely. I love that. Uh, Bendis captures the voice of this character. He he does a great job writing a Superman that, uh, really for me was reminiscent of of Richard Donner's Superman. See, and and that's the thing, and and this is something that, and I, I know we're gonna talk about it later on. Yeah, yeah. Kind of where the movie screwed up, where there you got to have good cop and bad cop. You mm-hmm. can't have bad cop and worse cop. You can't have it. No, you and need so contrast. F- for this, you know, where like I said, I love that where it's, you know, oh, well, I you know, I didn't I didn't mean to to do that, you know. Yeah, but I, but I couldn't help it. And and that's what I mean when you, you know, show don't tell. You right. you've just shown me in that one sentence that Well, like the Donner thing, remember? And she's like uh she's asking what color her underwear are and he's like I can't I can't, you know. And then she walks back and she's in the middle of a conversation, he goes, "Pink." Pink. You know, and he, and she's like, "What?" He goes, you you were standing behind that. I have I have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah. So so this is a Superman who he's he's thoughtful. He's funny. Right. He's he's got a sense of humor, which is which is kind of nice. And he's smiling. A, a, he's smiling. That's another. Uh, it, it, this is not your Snyderverse Superman. No. Um. And and he's selfless. He he's really selfless. So this is uh, uh if this is a taste of where the run is going, I'm very pleased with it. Very happy. Um, and uh, beautiful artwork. 
it, it actually kind of reminded me a bit of John Burns, uh, uh, John Burns kind of early work. Uh, so like that very much. There's a moment, just kind of skipping to favorite moment. Uh, so two Gotham villains, mm-hmm. so Firebug and Killer Moth are. Oh, I love it. Yeah, they're in a like a Lex hotel, right? And Killer Moth is trying to hold up Firebug. He's pissed at him for some reason. He's yelling at him. He's like, "Give me my money! Give me my money!" And Firebug's like, "Dude, stop! Like, qu- quiet. He'll hear you." Like I love that he'll he'll hear you. He like uh, we got it worked out. Like he listens for phrases like "Where's where's my money?" Right. And and uh you know Killer Moth's like, uh, look man, he's he's on, I I played this out. I'm not an idiot. He's I playing this out. He's on way on the other side of the world. And and then what do you see? But the a purple streak, shoom, yeah. come and take both of them off. And so it's it's Superman, man. He's got both of these guys, and he's like, not that you know. You know, curious, and you don't have to answer, but what are you guys doing here? I thought most of your types knew to stay away from from, from, from my town. And they're panicking, and they're like, please, please don't drop me, don't drop me. And the, and he's like, no, I, I won't drop you. And they're like, ba- Batman drops, drops us all the time. He's like, yeah, because when Batman does it, it's funny. And it, that was just a cute, you know, it's kind of a cute Wait, line. Wait, so Clark says that to them yeah 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 super super. so when batman drops you yeah though, yeah when batman drops you it's funny yeah because right. when he does it it's funny when i drop you it's not funny but when he does it it's that's funny. funny yeah so it's i just i really like this you know what you you've made me interested i think I, you'll and, enjoy and it I, you know me like i like reading superman comics but it's not my favorite i i think it's really not what bendis is going to do that's going to make this interesting is the putting superman up against an arsonist I think is a good move, and here's here's why. Um, to have him deal with maybe a smaller crime, something yeah. that doesn't yeah. involve him just having to constantly, you know, punch or use his heat vision right. or, or right. something like that. Don't I, use your heat vision. You're kind of doing the opposite there. Guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I just think is an interesting choice, and in having him deal with a smaller problem, uh, smaller in I guess in context to what he normally has to deal with, is. Uh, is interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I like it, and really, I have nothing bad to say about this book. I, uh, at least for issue one, I, I like it. I, I, I really like awesome. it, and I, I completely recommend it to you. Awesome. Okay. Uh, was there anything in particular you've been reading you want to talk about? Nah, man. Like I said, I, I think we're pretty good. Okay. Let's do some movie talk. Yeah. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. This episode was badly written! Joey, you like movies about gladiators? Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria! Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you were here? Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Okay, so I had the opportunity to watch a little movie recently, a new DC animated feature, and uh, we uh, we actually had the pleasure recently of interviewing the writer of this, yes. the uh, the uh, multi talented, uh, epic uh, legend, comic uh, legend, uh, comic yeah. comic legend, Mr. J. M. Dematteis, and uh, of course I'm referring to uh, the new DC animated movie. 
Constantine, City of Demons. Do you know what I really like, by the way? Yeah. So yeah. the guy who does the voice of Constantine was the guy in the in the CW. Yes. Yes. And what I love is that they canceled his show, but he still got work. They they can't. Well, the interesting thing too, Chris, is his show was on NBC. And they canceled his show on NBC. And, and he, brought him over to CW. They ported him over to CW because they were like, shit, we're not going to waste a good resource like this. And they, you know, now he's in Legends. Now he, he shows up on all the other shows. And, and I'm and, so glad. Yeah, yeah uh, he, he does uh, just a fantastic job. Uh, uh, actor, but uh, Matt, Matt Ryan? Yeah, Matt yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Matt, Matt Ryan. Fa- fantastic job. So this was originally, and if you, for more on the development of this, see our interview with Mr. J.M. DeMatteis, because he does a great job kind of explaining the origins of this movie. But this was originally a web series that ran tangential to the live-action NBC series. And it's, if you're not familiar with Constantine, this is a, he's a cynical occult detective and demon hunter, basically. So he's like the uh, Philip Marlowe, of like the of the paranormal. I fight demons. Yeah, we don't talk about the Keanu. A- actually, that's a good movie. I like that movie. You know, uh, so let me say this about that. Um, that is Spider Gen's favorite movie. That was my introduction to Constantine. Yeah, and it's a good movie. But I could understand how if you are a diehard Constantine fan, oh, yeah. it would piss you off. He's American because he's American. And I remember the creator of John Constantine uh, originally saying. That, and it was Neil Neil Gaiman. I believe Neil Gaiman is the. Is the could you? Uh, I'm going to look Google that up. Go. Yeah, I believe Neil Gaiman was the originally the, the creator of John Constantine, had based uh, John off of Sting. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He, he based the police. Yeah, from Sting, from from the police. So, I could understand how changing that character that is so iconically British would be kind of tantamount to. It would be like as if you made a James Bond movie and you made James Bond American. So he was, uh, first appearance, by the way, it was The Saga of Swamp Thing, number okay. uh, 25. He was created by Alan Moore, Alan. Steve Bissett, and John Tottleman. Oh, shit. All right. Well, Alan Moore's, Take never, that. Alan Moore's never coming on this show. Uh, Neil Gaiman? He might still come on the show, though. He might. <laughs> um. So, so th- what's the premise of this movie? We, uh, I don't want to give too much away. So it's Constant. He's a demon hunter. He's a demon hunter, and uh, so Constantine has to help a longtime friend whose daughter is caught in the clutches of a demonic force. Uh, let me say, this is not a movie for children. Uh, do this not- is rated R. Yeah, this is rated, rated R. R. This is this is hardcore horror. Uh, this is a horror supernatural adventure uh, with. Uh, some superhero elements, but it's uh, this is this is not for the faint of heart. Even for uh, animation, uh, it, it is a cartoon, but there are some pretty grisly and gruesome moments in in this movie. Uh, the the I, I just found you know, the voice acting in it is fantastic. Uh, Matt Ryan uh, brings this character to life. Really, in, in truth, all of the the characters do a, a, a fantastic job with this. Uh, there, it's really a tale of redemption, which uh, I I had always thought of John Constantine being this character that was sort of this morally ambiguous sort of jerk, and yeah, th- like like I was, you know, you, you hear about it in our interview. Like I said, it's one thing I like about him. What is ever on the outside is not really what the inside is, because like you know, outside he's he's in charge, he's a leader, he's snarky, he's you know, uh, he's very very sarcastic, but on on the inside. 
he's very sorrowful. Soft gooey sensor. You know, he no, he's he's almost like a Batman kind of thing. Like on the inside, he he's you know he he hates himself. He's he's upset with himself. He you know he knows where he's going, and that's you know kind of where the cynicism comes from. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, John is is almost almost a Mr. Guilty. He 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 is. Isn't that interesting too? Yeah. To to think of a similarity between a character like him. And and Spider Man, but yeah. he is kind of Mister. This is a character that's very motivated by by guilt. Right. So w- without giving too much away, uh, you you see that in kind of the origin. You know, his, his origins are, are discussed in in this movie, and uh, you know, the, it it's just very well done. And uh, I, I I can't say enough. And and I can't think of a better way to uh, bring in Halloween than oh, yeah. than you know get get a bowl of popcorn uh, and. And or, or or candy corn, and uh, you know, turn turn the lights off and and watch uh, Constantine City of Demons. Um, while we're on the subject yeah. of kind of Halloween type, well, it uh, is kind of spooky. It, in it, here, it, it so. is very spooky. So you know, we should be talking about you know more kind of you know uh, happy things, happy things, puppies, uh, and we're not going to talk about bears. We're not going. <laughs> yeah, I knew that's where you were well, going. Just Uncle Chet not spinning a yarn, spinning a yarn. For your all's entertainment. Reminds me of uh, when I was a little boy, and uh, my you know, un- my uncle told me a story about story. a bunch of uh, escaped mental, mental patients, patients from a military installation, and they just found the family, came upon them, slaughtered S- them, and sla- ate them. Slaughtered them, many, ate them. You know, ate them. <laughs> slaughtered them and ate them. Slaughtered them. So and uh, ate them. I don't want to have any nightmares about bears. No more nightmares about bears. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, bud. Perfect. Right. Uh, there's uh, so there's a little show on Netflix. Called the haunting of Hill House. That sounds familiar, Jay. Well, if it sounds familiar, Chris, it's because it, it's loosely based on the Shirley Jackson novel of the same name. And actually, this is not the first time, or even the second time, that this work has been translated the into most, media. Wasn't the most recent time with Ryan Reynolds? No, you're thinking of the Amityville. That's all. You think in the Amityville same no. house, spooky house. So, so the the ha- haunting of Hill House was first. Uh, it was a black and white film yes. originally. Then it was remade. Uh, I think around like ninety seven or ninety eight under the title The Haunting. And, oh, and that's th- right. Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta Jones, um, Luke Luke Wilson. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, I was in that movie. Wow! Wow! <laughs> That was my Luke Wilson, everybody. You're Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Good. Yeah. Wow. So, um, there's his brother. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Whoa. You know, that's why hey, my brother. Guy. Hey, my, Whoa. My, my, my brother. Wow. Uh, did I, have I been saying Luke wow. Wilson this entire time? Yeah. Holy shit. No, it's Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. God damn it. Ah, I ruined it. I was about to say, I'm like, ruined. Well, Owen Wilson kind of still sounds like I that. I was doing so. my Owen Wilson saying that I was Luke Wilson. But God Luke, damn but it. Luke Wilson sounds like that. Yeah. Wow. So, so no, actually, Owen Wilson, not Luke Wilson. Uh, you know, the reason I was getting confused is because the character, it's a Wilson brother. Well, no, the character that he that Owen Wilson played Luke. in the Haunting was named Luke. Ah. So, so this is loosely based on the Shirley Jackson book. I, I actually, the, you should read the book too. It's 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 actually pretty pretty good. Mm. Um, and so this series is a modern reimagining uh, that follows siblings who, as children grew up in what would become the most famous haunted house this one? in the country. No, actually, well, okay, the second most famous right. haunted house. Uh, don't let the ghosts hear you say that. They're going to... Uh, 
piss piss them off. I know. Um, so now as adults, they're they're forced uh, back together in the face of tragedy, and they must confront the ghosts, both figuratively, figuratively and literally, uh, from from their past. Spooky. Um, I, I, How many episodes is this? No, I you know I I don't know. I don't know because I haven't gotten to the end of it. I am only about three or four Stand episodes by. into this. Yeah, but I got to tell you uh, to to quote. Uh, the uh, Raven, nevermore. Oh, very good. No, yeah, no, but to quote a line from Vampire in Brooklyn, this is some scary shit. <laughs> I love that movie. And and I'm I'm not not kidding. I mean, th- this is it, it is spooky. I mean, it is it is a it will freak you out. Uh, if ghosts are your thing, this 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 will will terrify you. Uh, this this show, uh, first of all, it's it's kind of you know it's a show that's got something to say. Which you know what what I always say is that good fiction you know indeed you know any any good fiction is you're telling a story about the human condition and you're just using fantastic circumstances as as a metaphor, and and this show is is really a great metaphor about childhood trauma, and so I, I'm I'm about three or four episodes into the show I think it's more like four four episodes into the series, and we're exploring the. Uh, the events of the show from the perspective of each of the siblings. Remember, I said there's five siblings. So we start off with the first sibling, who Steve. He's the 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 oldest of the of the group, and he he's an author and he writes books there about are ten episodes. Ten episodes. Okay, so I'm about halfway through. He, ri- I can do math. Uh, <laughs> uh, he writes books about haunted houses. Oh, so it's interesting. So how- he's coming here. I, I God, I hope so. I hope someone comes here because we are I can't freaking get out of the door, freaking trapped. Um, he is sort of like the uh, who's who's the guy that writes all of the travel books? Rick is it Rick Steves? Are, He's sort wait, of the Rick Steves of haunted houses. Fromer. He's the Fromer. Yeah, the Fromer's guide of haunted houses. But what's interesting is you have these five individuals that they've all been through a traumatic experience. They grew up in this haunted house where their mother died under oh. under like, suspicious circumstances. Right. And they've all turned it into something different. So the oldest, he writes books about haunted houses. Uh, the oldest daughter, the old, so the oldest sister, uh, she works in a mortuary, and she is an embalmer. Yeah. And there's a, there's a great flashback moment that where you see kind of where her inspiration for that was. The youngest daughter, the youngest sister, rather, is a psychologist, and she helps traumatize children. Oh, what? She helps traumatize children. So she traumatizes children? No, she doesn't traumatize. She helps traumatized. 32 miles away. No, she helps traumatized children. Ah, all right. She I was about not, to say, I'm like, oh. No, oh. she doesn't make she them. She takes it out kind of hard, didn't she? No, no, no. She she relieves them of their trauma. Ha, <laughs> um, And then the, the other two, the two youngest children are just, they're they're a hot mess. They're, they're One of them is a drug addict, and the other one, you don't really find out exactly what's going on but but uh, uh, and or maybe at least as far as i am into aware. the series yeah as far as i'm as a, uh, aware you don't find out why she's a hot mess but the 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 show is it's genuinely creepy it's got it's subtle so there aren't a lot of Soodle. there there aren't a lot of jump scares oh that's good it, thank god it, i find those cheap yeah they're very cheap yeah yeah it, it's more of a slow burn so they uh the creators of the show do a really nice job of building tension. Okay. And then 
it's it's genuinely unsettling at times. So not a whole lot of, of jump scare moments. More kind of subtle humor. So it's called The Haunting of Hill House. Humor? Uh, did I say humor? You said subtle humor. Oh. Oh, my God. I mean, is it funny? What's wrong with me? No. Is no, no, no. That's damn creepy. Subtle horror? Sor- subtle horror. Oh. oh, my God. What's wrong with you? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm maybe becoming possessed. I don't... Uh, the power of crisps compels you. Your the friend Jay is not here. I am a servant of another. Or I could do it the other way and be like, I want to speak to Jay. Jay. There is no Jay, only Zoom. Oh, what a beautiful swing singing <laughs> voice you must have. Here's another thing. And too. I'm back. By okay. the way, I, I, yes. I would like to bring this up real quick. Sure. What did Peter, what was Peter Venkman thinking? <laughs> what did he have planned where he kept Thorazine in his pocket? What the hell kind of evening did you have planned, huh? What is he, Bill Cosby? Rapey much? God. Um. Okay, so in Sorry conclusion, that. that is called the, the Haunting of Hill House. Got great moments of subtle horror. I completely recommend it. Are, are you interested in all of these? Yeah, very much so. Out? Very much so. You, it's just, you, it, is, it is Halloween season right now, so I'm a little busy where I try to do the 31 Nights of Halloween. Yeah. I try, I try to watch something different and do all that. So we're tr- but I've got to watch certain staples around certain times. Sure, so, sure, you know, of course. i able to do that. So 31 Days of Halloween, also great reference. Our kind of our it's our sort of our ritual celebration of the holiday, yeah, right? Where yeah. try to watch a scary movie or or, or a Halloween related Halloween related movie at least one one night uh, every month. Uh, I'm not the only one that's been watching Netflix, though. You've been watching Netflix oh too. Oh my god! You, yes, you've been watching a little show. I, you lo- I love how I put the diminutive little. on every little. It's little. all little. It's, it's a little show. Me. It's beneath me. It's beneath you. Um. Yeah. You. Daredevil season yes. three. Oh so my god! No, if you can stay away from spoilers, please, because I haven't, yeah, I haven't watched it. Well, you know, it's the sad thing. I don't know if you guys have heard; they've already canceled two of the Netflix uh, Marvel shows. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you didn't know this. No, no. Yeah. Why did they canceled? Well, first they canceled Iron Fist, so they're not going to do it. But I'll tell you, second season was great. That see, I that loved. Doesn't it. surprise me too much. But go go on. And then they canceled Luke Cage. Really? Well, who? I think they're going to do a new show. <gasps> do you think we're going to get uh, a Heroes uh, for Hire? Oh, okay. All right. That would make the most sense. All right. I mean, all right. I didn't, all right. I, be honest with you, I was so upset that they canceled both of them yeah, that I didn't even yeah. see that like in the peripheral. And I was like, oh. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not upset anymore. Um, so, anyway, so season three right. takes place right after The Defenders. Okay, so I've seen that, by the way. When Matt, very enjoyed. You know, if you remember the end of Defenders, Matt wakes up and you know he's all battered and beaten. Remember, the building blew up. It and it blowed up. It blowed up. It blowed up. So Matt ends up surviving, and you hear the nuns say, "Go get uh, Sister Maggie. He's awake." So this storyline um, takes place like right after that, where Matt is Matt Murdock is dead at this moment. All right. He is considered dead at this moment. Dead. And Matt is actually um, not, uh, he's not feeding home. into that. He's, oh. He's not, yes, he's not home. <laughs> but no, he's not feeding into that. Whereas he looks at himself, see, this is He's the thing not I've, feeding into him being dead? Well, here's the thing. I, I've always liked Daredevil, and I think one of the reasons why is because I'm a big Batman fan. Daredevil... Sound logic. Well, because Daredevil to me is his actual. 
That is who he is. That's who he is, right. Matt Murdock is the persona. He's the mask, sure. So where this one is, you know, he stays the devil and he lets the devil out. But the thing is, you like that, right? You get chills. Well, the the cool part with this is, is um, we get a lot of kind of Frank Miller-esque with this because uh, he doesn't have his suit. And it's still at his apartment, you know, and everything like that. So what does he end up doing? He ends up wearing the black mask again and then he ends up like you know wrapping up his hands and he looks like frank miller's ah okay um we're going low tech yeah yeah so it's it's a lot low tech um we get uh some of the you know same characters we always get you know we've uh, foggy yep foggy's in it now what's crazy too is uh karen page yep karen karen is is still working as as a newspaper reporter she's kind of documenting everything that 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 happened with with the building and why everything blew up right right foggy is working for j money he is now an attorney uh i'm sorry i just love that j money that's her name j money j money um and what's kind of cool though so you find out kind of that their lives now if you remember Foggy started kind of seeing his ex-girlfriend, Marcy. And right, yeah, She was yeah. kind of like snarky and kind yeah. of like treating him like garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they've been together a while now. Right. And like, it's a complete 180. Like, she calls him Foggy Bear. And like, they have an apartment together. And she's so concerned for him and wants to be around him. And, you know, and she obviously so she, loves she kinda, him. She kind of turned a corner. Yeah, she's, yeah. She's nice. it's, so it's really cool. It's kind of development of other characters. Um, sure, sure. But so basically with this is we've already seen it in the trailer. Wilson Fisk has decided he doesn't want to stay in jail anymore. So <laughs> I have decided I don't want to stay in jail anymore. Yeah, well, it's good. Vanessa. Yeah. No. So that's another thing. We don't see Vanessa. Uh-oh. I am 10 episodes in and there is no Vanessa. Whoop. So yikes. Well, she fled the country when he got arrested. She fled the country. Right. Um. Now. The only one of the only ways to be able to get out is uh, someone mails you a nail file in a foot long. Yeah, no. Right. Uh, so, yes. But one foot long. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> that was a good try, Pee Wee. That's not what you were thinking of. No. All right. So he becomes a witness for the FBI. So he ends up giving them. All Does he move into the suburbs and have zany adventures with Rick Moranis? No. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Have a nice day. Fuck you. <laughs> I want to see that movie. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Didn't that movie happen? That movie already hit, yeah. Okay. My Blue Heaven. Very good movie. Steve yes. Martin, Rick Moranis, yes. I recommend it. Very okay. good. Sorry. But anyway, um, so he ends up giving a lot of information on all these gangs, and they end up all getting arrested and doing all this kind of stuff, and they put him on basically house arrest mm-hmm. and they bring him to a hotel and he's living in a penthouse. And, but being the kingpin, he's already had this planned. He's already had other things working the entire time. And, uh, as this season develops, you, you start to see his plan kind of, uh, step one, step two, step three, step mm-hmm. four. And you're like, wait a minute, what, what the hell is going on? He's, I, I he's playing chess. This. Yeah, he Everyone really else is. is playing checkers, and he's playing chess. You know, and um, we get some new characters in this. Uh, one of the ones that we get, and I, I still think it's absolutely hilarious. His name is absolutely hilarious to me. Um, but uh, I'm trying to get his, his first name. And uh, so his name is Agent Benjamin Poindexter. Uh, okay. Everybody calls him Dex. All right. Now, uh... 
Agent Poindexter is one of the team that is taking care of Wilson Fisk. Um, Does he wear horn-rimmed glasses? No. Because I'm picturing him wearing horn-rimmed no, glasses. No, no. Well, here's the thing. So uh, an event happens right. where basically uh, Wilson Fisk gets ambushed. All right. And all of a sudden, all the all the, the agents that you think are, are dead – Right. And these people are coming up to take Wilson. They want to kill him. They right. want him dead because because he's an informant. He's an informant. Right. So they want him dead. And then all of a sudden, are, are we talk, are we spoiler territory? Not really. Not really. But okay. all of a sudden, you start looking at you know these two guys that are walking down with their guns. Right. And you notice you hear gunfire, and it ricochets off of stuff, and it's hitting them in the head, and it's blowing out their chest, and it's do- and then. You look at this, and it's it's one of the FBI agents, and he's walking up, and he's shooting multiple guys, and then all of a sudden his gun's empty, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at, and then it pans over to two more guys who are coming at him, and you see the agent taking his gun apart, and then you look, and then both parts of the guns go in both of those guys and kills him dead there. I like where this is going. So, it is very reminiscent, and it's what everybody believes that Dex is the very, very well-known daredevil villain, Bullseye. Bullseye. Now, he, not that Bullseye. <laughs> but now here's the thing. Mar peanuts, base. So you you go on, and this one kind of dives into his psyche and where he is and and what's going on with that. So you uh, have... Wilson, Wilson Fisk's well, psyche? You ha- well, you have his. You mm-hmm. have Dex's and why he is the way he is. Ooh. But then Wilson Fisk is actually playing... On to Dex, and okay. he starts to get information about him. And like I said, he's always playing chess. He always has a plan. Right, 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 right. It's just phenomenal. But the main story, though, is so good because Matt is, you know, he's like, he says all the time, he goes, you know, I feel like Job. Lost everything. All right. Exactly. You're familiar with the Bible. Right. He goes, I feel like Job. He goes, you know, no matter what, he was God's most faithful servant. And then what does God do to him? He just shits all over him. Right. And what does Job do? They fuck you at the drive-thru. They uh, fuck, fuck you. They fuck, fuck you at the drive-thru. I'm sorry. So, sorry. But no, and it, it's very true. And, you know, and Maggie is very sarcastic. And they play off of one another. Mm-hmm. And it's it's great. Uh, that's the nun? Yeah, that's, okay. that's the nun. And uh, he's actually living in the basement of the church. Okay. So he's kind of out of mind's eye. He's trying to stay away from people. Sure, sure. Kind of stuff. But, um... You know, and and he actually has to deal with a bunch of his injuries. He the irony is so thick there, though. I mean, he's he's talking invoking you know a character from the, the Bible while while living in the basement, the, the basement of a church. That's kind of on the nose, but I then, like it. And then the other thing too, like with that, is you know, with the you know the the tower falling and everything like that. Matt's got injuries. Matt is hurt. Right. But he, I see a lot of myself like that. He doesn't know when to rest. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. I could be, you know, I'm the same way. I'm injured, and they're like, hey, don't go do this. And I'm like, I'm fine. And it's the same thing. And he tries, right. but the problem is is he realizes that it's not. He, he doesn't know his limitations. Yeah, he doesn't know it. So, um, I am 10 episodes in. I'm almost done. There are 13 okay. episodes. All right. Um, this This is by far... I want to say probably the grittiest that mm-hmm. they've done out of the three seasons. Really, bloody. Um, it, it's it's. I mean, it's not gory, but right. it's it's really good. And uh, oh, we got dudes' chest ex- exploding. Well, so. I mean, it's but it's in dark, so of course you you see it, but you don't see it, kind of thing. Ah, okay. Um, 
but it is just it is an awesome storytelling and and it's one of those where you're like oh i gotta see what's happening next oh i gotta i gotta see it i gotta see it i gotta see it so uh as good as season one better than season one this is probably the best season they've done really really okay all right i i like this version of matt um he's not the happy-go-lucky kind of thing you know and in season one, we even kind of looked at him. He's like, yeah, he was kind of brooding. But this is like, you know, I mean, dude's living in a basement of a church, you know. So he's completely divorced himself of his identity of Matt Murdock. Yeah, yeah. and like, he, not really spoilerish, but he finds people that were in his life, you know, i.e. Foggy and whatever. Mm-hmm. And he tells them, hey, I'm still alive, but stay away from me. Don't don't come look for me. Stay away from this me. This is like, he's kind of made the choice. Look, this is my, because in, in the whole, all throughout sort of Defenders, and even uh, season two of Daredevil, the people that care about him were like, you need to stop doing this. Right. You are going to die. Except one person. Oh, uh, well, Electra. That's it. Yeah, and she Le- goes, Matt, get rid of Matt. Do it more. <laughs> get rid of Matt. <laughs> yeah. Stay with me. Stay as the devil. Stay with me, you know. So. And, and and so this season, is. it sounds like it's really about him just embracing that and being like, yeah. look, this is who I am. Yeah. And it's just, you're going to get hurt if you're in my life. So just stay out of my life. And you know, it's really nice. And they do little nods every once in a while. You get the iconic uh, pictures and stuff like that. Like Matt is in the black costume. Right, and, right. And uh, uh, Maggie asks him to come to church. And he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe next time. He's kind of given up on his faith, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe next time. And she's like, all right, I'll hold you to it. Well, he, of course, Matt can hear everything. And he hears the sermon, but he wants to hear it a little better. He actually goes up on the rooftop. And there he is hanging on the cross. Oh, you know, and it, oh, that's just, very evocative right so there. It's cool. Yeah. You know? I yeah. Just, but yeah, I, I want to say it's now, probably their best one they've done. Now, now question. Um, I've heard kind of more and more the Netflix universe, the creative team there sort of distancing themselves, or, or maybe it's the, the movie universe distancing them, themselves. But are there still, is there any connective tissue between this uh so daredevil season three and the larger marvel universe is there any even like vague references i mean if they haven't really changed like remember karen's uh stuff on the wall battle in new york yeah there's still some of those but you don't really see not necessarily like what happened in infinity i don't see iron man blasting across the street right right i mean and not that necessarily those events would pertain to what's happening with Daredevil, but it's sounding like probably that connective tissue is becoming even less and less. Right, right. You know, and then... How do you feel about that? Uh, I'm okay. I mean, it's kind of like the CW kind of thing. I, I just, you know, you take it and you go, I like this for what this is. I guess I'm sort of a completist. I just want it to all be under the same roof. Yeah, but, but... really, you want to have, you know... I know they've talked to Charlie Cox, and he he's like, I would love to be in a movie. Right. He's right. like, but, you know, I'm doing this. No, no, I mean, it doesn't really belong. It's like the story doesn't really, it, you, they're telling a much smaller, grounded story. It doesn't really belong in the larger right. Marvel universe, yeah. and I get it. I just, the fanboy in me, I guess, is a little sad yeah. inside. That's yeah, all. I mean, and, um, but like I said, we, we visit some people that were in the original series that we see and what they're doing and mm-hmm. kind of how their life has evolved. And, right. And, um... You know, uh, you might get nuances of a new villain being made. I mean, there's a, there's a number of things here that, that are going to be awesome. I'm definitely going to check it out, assuming we ever get out of here. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll try. We'll, we'll try soon. So we got a couple nuggets, little little tidbits, little snips. Yeah. Uh, so bouncing back over to the DC universe. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, we're going to need another Batman, and we're going to need another Superman, because it sounds like... Sounds like they're done. Henry Cavill and... Uh, and uh, I almost called him Bruce Wayne. And uh, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Bruce Wayne's done. Uh, ben Affleck are, are out. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like that whole universe, they're kind of failing, but they're going to hang on to Gal Gadot yeah, and yeah. then uh, Aquamomoa. Aquamomoa. So they're going to they're gonna hang on to them. I'll have a tall, blonde Aquamomoa. I wouldn't call him blonde, but it's close. Um, yeah, so. they're they're kind of they're snipping the best parts and tossing the rest away. Have you seen, by the way, the images of Jason Momoa in the full Aquaman suit now? I think I have. It's the he gold is armor, in right? The orange yeah, armor, and it yeah. looks and it's fish scales. He looks amazing. Like I looked at this and I was like, okay, I'm. Re- Did you watch the trailer? Uh, yes, yes, I have. And um, and. And Black Manta. Oh, my God. I, I remember saying, how are they going to make a guy that has a satellite dish for a head look cool? They, yes, they, they made did it work. It. They did it. They they made it work. They made it work, man. Um, I have to say, as long as we're talking DC trailers, the Shazam trailer. Oh, my God. Man. Uh, that's what got I've my attention. I've watched it multiple times. Oh, uh, I it's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much. Yeah. Your phone's charged, and your phone's charged, and your phone's charged. Bang! Bzz. What the hell? Sorry. You know, and I love it. He's like, what's up, ladies? I'm a superhero. And he's like, you're welcome for not getting robbed. Yeah. I, I, You know, I was listening to one of our earlier shows, and I feel like I need to go back and make an amendment to something. I, I said I, I feel like uh, Shazam is going to be their first hit, but but I, I take that back. Because really, well and true, I think Wonder Woman. Yeah, that, I agree. That, that just definitely agree. goes to Wonder Woman, so I apologize uh, for, for any fans but, who listen. But still... I mean, you think it's still going to be a hit, yeah? Oh, I definitely think it's going to be a hit. Uh, and, you know, James Wan is a great director, and he's directing Aquaman. So I, I think that now that—and it's sort of reactionary to what Snyder, right. uh, Zack Snyder has done. And, and, you know, no offense to Zack Snyder. I mean, you know, poor guy. He's had a bad run of, of personal events, and, and uh, you know, he's a good director, uh, and he, he has made things that I, that I have really enjoyed— uh, but every once in a while, you know, everyone, you can miss the mark with uh, with something. And I, I think just with, you know, Man of Steel and then later on Batman v Superman right. and Justice League, you just you, you, you kind of miss the mark and, you know, live to fight another day, you know. But I, I think that these movies are going to really up the the quality right. of the, the DC Cinematic well, Universe. and another little tidbit, too. I don't know if you've heard this, uh, but Mr. Cavill is being looked at for another role. Really? Yes. A very iconic role. Uh, James Bond? Yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, can you imagine, like, can you imagine just for a moment, like, you being an actor and you're, you've played Superman. Not one, but two iconic movie yeah. characters. Well, and, and if you, well, uh, well, movie, yeah, but I was gonna say, if you remember, he was in the Man from Uncle, and that's the thing. People are like, he doesn't really. I don't know how he plays a spy. I'm like, he's been in Mission Impossible. Yeah, he's been in the Man from Uncle. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the guy can do this. Did you Did you see that Mission Impossible? I have way? not yet, but I, I haven't heard either. It is phenomenal. We'll have to do a review on it yeah. when we watch it. it. That's the mustache that ruined the DC universe. It is the <laughs> the mustache that ru- sure, Chris. That's what it was. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Damn you, mustache. Um. So a little more uh, DC movie news too. So we're getting images, and not just images, but some video. Yeah, little little snippets of this new Joker movie. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah impressions. 
So, all right. So this takes place in the 80s. Does it? Yeah. Really? It takes okay. place in either the 80s or the 90s. Starring, I'm pretty sure it's the 80s. Starring Joaquin Phoenix, by the way. They're very, very talented. Right. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, he can do a giant joke, but when, when he's got his mind set on something, like, you know, he does really well. Um, do you remember he was doing said he's doing a documentary about how he was becoming a rap artist and all this kind of stuff? And he was yeah, uh, yeah. He he's a he's a colorful character for sure. He had like the, the big big you know beard, uh, beard and that, yeah, weird looking yeah. and the bird's nest beard. Yeah. Um. So, just first images. What do you think of the first images of him and the Joker makeup? Well, I don't think that's going to be obviously the end makeup. You you don't think so? No. Okay. No, I think that's that's him kind of first starting out, kind of playing kinda. with it kind of thing you know what it reminds me of a bit it's very john wayne gacy i was just gonna it's the colors i was yeah. just gonna say that it definitely looks like the killer clown it's very john and, wayne gacy yes um it's it, uh, the one thing i like about it too is it's not symmetrical like he's got the the di- or the triangles under one eye and then the other eye you know it, yes it's kind of messy and sort of chaotic and right but uh, he doesn't have those goofy scars <laughs> you want to know how I got these scars. I know how you got them. I cut myself on freeze pops too as a kid. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a- as far as the look of it, uh, absolutely. I I'm mean, interested. The, the, the look is good. I'm intrigued. Still kind of wondering. I'm, I am not a big fan. You know, we had a movie come out recently, right? Venom. Right. I still don't get the whole make a movie about a hero character antagonist. With, well, no, no, no. But here's the thing. Yeah, that is kind of going to be involved because they have just um, announced two actors who are going to be in the movie, and they are portraying Alfred Pennyworth and a young Bruce Wayne. Right, right, right. So it's might be involved. Um, could could be. This is definitely. I've heard this described as an Elseworlds tale. Yeah. So it's I'm sort okay of with like, that still. What if the? I, you know, I've never checked out the show Gotham. Just for a digression from, have you watched Gotham? I did. I have. And it's okay. The reason that I can't watch it is I just have a tough time. It's a show that has all of the Bat villains. Right, but no Bat. But no Batman, and I just kind of wonder, like, why. Like, are you saying? Are we saying that a man that dresses up like a bat and fights crime is not that interesting? And so we need to go to his villains, right? Right. I, I, I don't know. I just so that is my that's my pause. But I'm willing to keep an open mind. I, I tell you what, I have more of an open mind about this, this film yeah. than I did about Venom. Okay. Now I have one more DC nugget. When nugget. You, when you're ready, lay it on me. Okay. So obviously we are aware. That somebody from the Marvel uh, stable was fired. Oh yeah, yeah. Good call, Mr. Good James call. Gunn. Yeah, fired yes. from. Yeah. you know they're like you're not going to make Guardians. Yeah, however, for D- a stupid reason, too, right? And I, I agree. So. And DC looked at it and goes, "Y'all are dumb. Hey, do you want to come make a movie? And Let what us is he give doing? You a dump truck full of money. Did you hear what he's making? I did. He is taking over Suicide Squad. And yep. for me, I was like. Oh, that's perfect because yep. the first one tried to be Guardians and failed. Yep, 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 and yep, yep. The thing is, too, the main stars of that have already signed on for the second one, so he's already got a fantastic cast. Well, a- a- absolutely, and um, you can't go wrong. I mean, you you can't go wrong with a talent like James Gunn, and he's gonna if if they if the studio butts out 
and lets him realize his vision, yeah, um, it's going to be great. And and I've already now here's the thing too. I don't know if you've heard this. Dave Batista, yeah, has said, yeah, I'm I'm coming with you now. Do you know what everybody who everybody is saying he's going to play? I know where you're going with this, but go ahead, buddy. They're gonna they're saying he's going to play Bane. Yeah, and yeah. he's big enough. And I look at him and he, I, he oh is. my god, this is going to be great. Yeah, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I, know. I think that would be that would be fantastic if you do an incarnation of uh, Suicide Squad, including Bane. I think that would be great. And of course, you know Dave Bautista. Oh yeah, uh, the yeah. the very talented uh, and and such loyalty. Too. Yeah, that's Such loyalty to to a director. Um, yeah, yeah, very. I'm good. excited. I'm, I'm very excited. So there's there's that. So. All right. So do you uh, do you out there in podcast land? Do you have an a, a, an opinion about what we've been talking about? We'd like to hear from you. Send us an email at justusnerdspc uh, at gmail dot com. Uh, you can also send us a message on actually through SoundCloud. You can literally comment at a certain point. So and you, I will, and I will. I read. I look every day, and there will be a message at least for one of us. Yeah, absolutely. So let, let's hear from you. Um, are you an artist? Do you draw? We'd like to actually see some of your artwork. We'll put throw it up on our. Uh, we'll not throw it up, but not throw up, but like you know, we'll place it. We'll put well, it here, up. How about we do this? Gingerly said. I I want our listeners. If you have the artist ability, one of the things that uh, Jay and I love is for someone to take our logo. And to kind of put us into uh, our comic book realms or our sci-fi, whatever your Jazz genre, it up. whatever your genre is, do that. And I'll tell you, we're gonna put it up on there, and uh, we we would absolutely love to see what you guys can do. I would love to see a Chris and Jay on Middle Earth, right? Actually, or or uh, Chris and Jay RoboCop, or Buckaroo yep. Banzai, or Killer Clowns from Outer Space. What whatever whatever indeed. you love, indeed. Please, we would love to see that. Absolutely. Um, also, do you have a toy or a tchotchke that you're looking for? Uh, are the scalpers driving you crazy? Charging... Goddamn Mysterio figure. Oh, God damn it. Don't get me started on that. Because Charging... the scalpers have put it up to how much? $11 billion. Not enough money for that. Yeah. Uh, charging you an arm and a leg for a figure that should be $19.99. Well, that's that's it. We've had it. We're done with the scalpers. This is bullshit. We're here to help. We are Chris and Jay. Toy Bounty Hunters. Is there something you're looking for? Just send us a message on our SoundCloud or at our Gmail account. We will locate said item for you and help put it in your hands. If we can, we'll just let you know where it is. If we have to, we'll ship it to you and you just pay us the shipping. That's Well, no, excuse me. You pay us the shipping and the cost of the item, but retail. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. We're we're not looking to make a buck off of this. We're just looking to help connect nerds with their tchotchkes. That's it. That's that's all. All right. Uh, so, yeah, send us an email at justusnerdspc at gmail.com. Send us a like on our Facebook page. Uh, we have an Instagram page, too. I, I, I'm an artist myself, so I, I do some artwork from time to time. So uh, under the uh, the handle uh, Just Us Nerds, uh, uh podcast. Also, uh, a DeviantArt page yeah. under my handle Mastman1978. So uh, check that out. Throw me a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. This has been such a, a good time, and we do this show uh, not just for us, but for you too. This yeah. is a, this is a conversation, so we want to hear from you. We want to hear. It's okay if you disagree with us. That's what that's what makes America. But we want to hear it. But we want to hear it absolutely. Well, 
As I said, gang, that is about all the time we have for this, our third annual Halloween Spooktacular and, Chris, our 50th episode. Wow! Yeah, how about that, buddy? So, just to give an update, we are still trapped in the mansion. But, not good. But, but, how are we going to get out of here? There's always my way. When the crypt doors creak and the tombstones quake, happy haunts materialize and begin to vocalize. Grim, grinning ghosts are not to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide. For a silly spook, they sit by your side. Shrouded in a dark disguise. They pretend to terrorize. Grim, grinning ghosts come out to socialize.